Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, your host and guide for this season. And uh, <laughs> I got Elliot alongside me tonight, Mr. Gary Beard, the Ducktator, the man of many names. How you doing tonight, Elliot? Also known as Graybeard for Men. <laughs> you know that uh, that was on a package delivery to my door. <laughs> I yep. just opened that. I just opened that tonight. Actually, I've been holding off on opening it. Like, so I was going to do an Instagram live Instagram live thing. I've been so busy. I'm like, I'm just screwed. I want to open it. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been there on that. So, but yeah, we are back here for another podcast. We are making it through the week. Hope you guys are too, and just in time for the weekend and another weekend of hunting for I know a lot of you guys across the country. Um, but yeah, what have you been up to, Elliot? Well, we just got back from the Kansas opener, and it was—I'll tell you—this is the best start to any season I've ever had. <laughs> um, simply because we started off in Nebraska and that started a week early, but four for four, four hunts, four limits. So I'm at quarter way to a hundred already after Jeez. the opening week of Kansas teal season. Yeah, I'm not jealous at all. So um, today's episode, it's guys, been a good start is going to be the hunt update. So I'm going to have to. You're going to have to rein Elliot back in here. I know he wants to jump into it right away. So <laughs> I think you could, it was good. You could just go off. It was it. good. Um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to hearing about that. I, I'm actually not caught up all the all the way on your videos yet. And I know you're not on mine as well. So um, we'll, we'll definitely have some, you know, fresh content to talk, talk about with each other. So looking forward to that. Um, but yeah. Uh, any other, I guess, any other non-hunt update news before we <laughs> before we jump up um, in, into it? Non-hunt update news. Uh, the only thing I would talk about is just those HTR products that came in. That's really the only non-hunt update news because I've been hunting or editing or watching uh, other Flyways Collective videos. So the only other, the only thing I got is the HDR gear that came in, which I'm super excited about. Awesome. That's it. And I'm going to be using, I think I'm going to be using one of those pieces this weekend. I'm pretty sure the quack pack. Sweet. Sweet. Came at a perfect time. Cause I don't think there's going to be very many hunts that I use that quack pack on. It's an awesome piece of equipment. It's like, but for what I'm doing, I, I don't walk in and I don't think a lot that I will probably use that, but this is the perfect scenario for that product. For those of you that walk in and carry when you walk in. It's, and I don't just don't do that that much anymore, but this is the perfect scenario for that with a little solo hunt and it'll, it'll be really cool. Cause it's Georgie and I just, she and I on, on it with the quack pack and I'll get back in there. I plan on kind of propping it up against a tree is my plan. I don't think I'll full lay out, nice. but I think I'll have it up against a tree. There you and go. So, yeah. How do you, uh, how I'm do you excited. like it from the, the difference between the original that you use for like your layout hunting and now kind of the updated with the, uh, you know, the, I guess the, the smaller profile and the, um, fold out and kind of, you know, yeah. being, being more mobile with it. You kind of like the updates on it. Well, I haven't tried to use it yet, but I'm certainly excited about it. So the old layout lounge was longer. And when you used it in the H 12, the only issue that I had, and my dad hates this about it actually, is that when you stick your feet under that front part of your kayak with that layout lounge, on your back, it kind of makes it hard to get your feet in and out. It never really bothered me that much, but it bothered my dad so much that he didn't want to use it for some reason. So I showed it to him and he was like drooling over it. So when we, when we get in our two boats, he's going to be the one using that for sure. But I was a little concerned before I got it about its flexibility, because with the other layout lounge, you can, you can swivel it so that it's full sitting up. So if you're hunting blue wing teal, you don't want to lay out, you can use it like a sit up chair. And then if you're hunting mallards, you can lay it flat out. Now it's, it's not, it's, it's not really designed to do that, but it does it perfectly because it's flexible enough. And then you can lay it flat. Well, so I was a little worried about this one because it, it folds over. I was like, well, are you still going to be able 
to, to do that same function of flexibility. And I was, I was playing with it and you can. So it's, I think that it's a great improvement that it's shorter, thinner on the bottom, but yet you can still maneuver it as either a setup or a full laid layout lay down. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about, and also another thing I had problems with the old one is flying out of the boats, um, to and from, I had that happen a couple times and this one, the way you can fold it up and snap it, you won't have that problem at all. So yeah, I, I really do think these upgrades are good upgrades that will be very beneficial. Awesome. <clears throat> all right. Well, I don't think I have any other non <laughs> non hunt update updates either. So, um, yeah, I guess the only thing we, we talk, we can talk about the flyways real quick. So, um, we had a, another flyways meeting with all of our, uh, flyways guys, um, which if you guys aren't familiar with it, it's me, Duck and Chronicles, Elliot, Freelance Duck Hunting, um, Josh, Outdoor Limits, Titus, Mid-Valley Mercenary, Matt, High Prairie Sportsman, and um, Thomas from Virginia Outdoors Unlimited. We just talked about our plans for um, going out um, on our collab hunt this uh, this year, and it just seems more and more real. You know, we got our Airbnb uh, booked. It's in the books. You know, it's everything's set up. Everyone's getting their days off for work and so everything's approved for everybody and um man it's just gonna be i think it's gonna be so much fun so um really excited for it i'm excited um i've titus is such a cool guy and i mean i love everyone in the flyways but something about titus he just kind of has a cool aura (laughs) about him and everything you know what i'm saying i know you do and um I'm excited about picking him up from the airport and just driving him down and hanging out with him and talking to him for a couple hours. Nice. Just that little one-on-one bro time, honestly. There you go. Yeah. Now it's going to be good. I'm excited about that. And that was the thing about this weekend was just hanging out with Josh um, because he was on our hunt trip, which I'll talk more about later. But just having him in our FDH camp the whole weekend, uh, I really got to know him at a a different level. Because, you know, it's six of us hanging out all together. It's like it's nice to have have those little breakout, you know, just get – to meet someone. And that's, what's cool about those hunts is you're with each people, you know, but we did ours in such big groups last year that it was nice to get to know Josh on that a little more. Um, I hate yeah. to use the word intimate, but that's what it is. <laughs> well, <Level. Yeah. laughs> I hear you. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, I mean, definitely the cool part about hunting, um, you know, getting to get out there with your bros and, and a lot of times just, you know, um, some of the only times you get to talk to people and, um, you know, I got, I got one good buddy. I know he, he probably listens to a lot of these podcasts, but, uh, Taylor and he lives, um, an hour and a half away from me now. Um, and we just don't really get the time to hang out. You know, we, we grew up across the street from each other. Um, we're both in each other's weddings and, um, you know, so like I said, we're just re- really good bros, but, uh, you know, getting out there and hunting is pretty much the only time we can actually talk and, and, and chill and hang out, you know, the way we used to growing up. So, um, definitely a cool aspect of hunting, getting to, to get out there with your buddies and have some of that, uh, bro time. So, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, a, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot better than la- last year was great, but I think this year is going to be better. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, I know I'm looking forward to it more than last year. And I think it's cause we're more prepared. We have a better idea of what we need to do. Um, we realize it's not all about like, Hey, like, can we hunt all day and just be exhausted and get up at, 2.30 in the morning every day, and, you know, it was just, by the end of it, like, I feel like I was like a grump, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we grinded out really, really hard on that trip. We we hunted it out hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely something uh, to be excited about. But I just realized, I just realized that I did have another update to give before we get into the podcast, but uh, I hit... <laughs> 10,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So, um, you know, pretty pumped about that. Been a long road. Um, thinking about it, this is uh, a, almost exactly, um, you know, I think given another, yeah, give it like another month and it'll be um, exactly four years of filming waterfowl hunts for the YouTube channel. So um, it's just, uh, it's been a long journey. And, you know, the other the other side part of it, which you know, it was a ton, ton of funny games, me and Matt back and forth racing for the 10 K and, you know, jabbing at each other. Um, I think we had like three or four lead changes too. So it was a, it was a tight yeah, race all the yeah. way through. <laughs> so it was awesome. Yeah. So super pumped hit the 10 K over there on duck gun Chronicles YouTube channel. Definitely check it out. 
check out Elliot as well, Freelance Duck Hunting, over on YouTube. Um, but yeah, so I think that's my. Have you seen Matt's TikToks about losing? <laughs> yeah. They've been great. He stepped up his TikTok game quite a bit. I've oh, been yeah. on TikTok for a while, and I got on it last night. And he's stepping up his TikTok game. He yeah. did one with a little cute, like uh, duet dancing with a girl. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And he lives. He's <laughs> living so and breathing the TikTok. So I'm gonna have to <laughs> hop on there to make sure I keep my throne on that as well. <laughs> but I posted my first TikTok for all yesterday. Did you see it? It was a little Georgie TikTok. Yeah, yeah. She was she was crushing it. Yeah, that's the first one I've done for a while. I think I should say too. After all this time, me and Matt going back and forth. Um, definitely check out Matt Hyper Sportsman. If you've been holding off, I know we got a probably a bunch of good saints up in here that have been holding off subscribing to Matt just so I could win. It's okay now. I've won the challenge. <laughs> Unless he challenges <laughs> me to like fifteen or twenty K, which maybe maybe, you know, just a thought. Maybe I should challenge him again. But we'll see. We'll see. So definitely a lot of fun with that. But um are you ready to go ahead and jump into the podcast? Yep, let's do it. Alrighty, um, but before we do that, a quick word from our partners, and we'll get right into it. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks out to HTR Innovations. Um, you know, we're talking about it here a little bit earlier, um, and on HTR Innovations, some of the new products we got, we got the Quack Pack Mini, and it's just like the Quack Pack you guys have known and loved, but just a smaller version, more compact, and really it's better set up for hiking out um, in a more manageable size and at a lower price point. So it's a decoy backpack. Layout blind combo, put your gun on it. You can uh, put your blind bag in it, your decoys. You walk out to the hunt, unfold it, put the blanket on it, and bam, you're layout hunting. So definitely check out that um, as well as the rest of their products over there at htrinnovations.com. And the promo code for that is DuckGun10. And I want to talk to you guys about Gunner Kennels. I don't know if you've been watching my first few teal videos. I've got four out now, and they have had a heavy focus on Georgie. And I've talked about her a lot on the podcast, and she's it's just been a central theme of my videos. And we're traveling. We're traveling to Nebraska. We're traveling to different places in Kansas. And I can tell you for sure I've got that Gunner Kennel in there and Georgie in it where she can be safe. I've put a lot of time and effort into this dog, and I want – if I have to spend a few dollars to get a kennel that's going to make sure that she survives some kind of crash, then that's what needs to be done. And she's not the only dog of mine that's going to be in this kennel, I can promise you. I think in my life, I can probably have two more dogs after Georgie, and I guarantee this one's going to last. And it's it's going to be the kennel that I need for all of those dogs. So as much time and effort as we spend on these, on these dogs, guys, get yourself a gunner kennel and make sure that they're safe. 10% off. Duck Gun Space 10, capital D-U-C-K, capital G-U-N, Space 10. Awesome. Also like to give a big thanks out to Motion Ducks, Decoy, um, Spreader System, and it is, uh, they got they got two offer, offerings over there for the Duck Spreader. They got the 4, which is just the regular Duck Spreader, and then the Ultimate Spreader, which is the 7, um, and that's what Elliot and I have been using um, perfect for getting that lifelike motion in your set. It sets up in minutes, packs up the same way, um, highly mobile with it. Uh, and don't just take our word for it. It's something where you can see the video of it just makes a huge different difference on your experience with it. Um, and, you know, just seeing that video, it's just it, it's going to sell you when you see the video of it for sure. So Elliot and I both have videos of it, uh, of it on our YouTube channels as well as you, if you just Google Motion Ducks Decoy Spreader, you're going to see it. Um, it is like a jerk rig, but on steroids. So definitely check it out. Perfect for those no wind days. Um, use code DuckGun2020, and that's different from last year's code. Um, but this year's code is DuckGun2020. I know I had someone asking me last week over Instagram. Um, so yeah, the codes changed to DuckGun2020, and it gets you ten percent off and free shipping over there at MotionDucks.com. Then talk about Bandit Avery and GHG, and if you look at my. All my hunting equipment is littered with all three of their company's equipment from my banded slew stand to the little teal decoys that I'm using. I mean, I just absolutely love their products. But I mentioned this the dog slew stand. I, I picked that from him. It's under $100, and I love it. Um, I was using – actually, Titus left his – um, from the flyways last year. And I used it for a while and I actually broke. And I wasn't a big fan of the leg construction. And I'm, I'm not going to say which brand it was, but this banded slew stand, I, I love it. I've had it with her on every single hunt. It's well-made. It's sturdy. It folds up easily. It's a great product. Actually, Avery Sporting Dogs has a lot of products for 
dog stuff. So bandit.com can get you to all three of those companies. And I'll, I'll never go away from the, and I know people don't necessarily agree with this. I will never go away with those um, fall plumage blue wing teal decoys. I am in love with how they look out there. They look exactly like blue wings on the water and we're using those for sure. That's a greenhead gear piece of equipment. So go to banded.com and check this stuff out. Awesome. Also like to give a big thanks out to finisher. Their website is adrenaline.com. Um, and guys, it's the perfect tool for dispatching your birds and it's never been easier with it. Just a quick incision in the back of the head and it dispatches the bird in a humane way. And it's, you know, part of our job as hunters to take care of the game um, and the animals that we're hunting. Um, and I know it sounds weird in that way, but it's definitely our responsibility um, that we're not uh, putting these animals through undue pain and suffering when we're out there harvesting harvesting them. And he has tons of different options over there for uh, the finisher, um, as well as he, he has other options like uh, – uh, their um, coolers and headlamps and all ty- types of different gear. But their main gig over there is definitely the finisher. Um, and the code for for finisher that we got is DuckGun15. Gives you 15% off. Um, definitely check those guys out at Adrenaline.com. It's A-D-R-E-N-A-L-L-I-N.com. All righty. And then lastly, guys, I want to give you guys a quick reminder for Elliot and I were both pushing out um, hats for our brands, duck gun, uh, duck gun hats. And then also Elliot's got his FDH hats. He's got one in camo and one in tan. And I got one in Bottomlands, and I got two left the leather patch duck gun hats with the Oak nets decals. Um, so definitely check those out guys on the flywest collective.com. Alrighty, let's go ahead and jump in today's podcast. All right. So, we're going to be talking about our hunts. Uh, Elliot, what do you got this week? You got two teal hunts? I got two teal hunts. Awesome. Um, well, my hunts have not been nearly as memorable or <laughs> maybe memorable is not the right word, but definitely have not been as action-packed as the Central Flyway Kansas teal bonanza that you guys have been having. So It's been good. <laughs> um. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little jealous. Um, <laughs> I wish you'd have come down. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish I would have too, but it just uh, wasn't in the cards this year with missing work with surgeries and um, operations and all kinds of not fun stuff. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, but there's always, hopefully there's always next year and hopefully the till do the same thing. So, uh, but yeah, kind of, kind of, you told me before um, the podcast or maybe you told me at the beginning that uh, this has been your best year uh, for teal hunting ever, you know, starting off the four limits in Nebraska. And to kind of counter that, this has been my worst early season since I've, since I've started hunting the early season <laughs> as far oh, as, no. as far as numbers go. So, yeah, but you know, I, the thing is, I don't feel like it's been the worst, um, which is probably a good thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, it means you're maturing. Yeah. Still out there having a good time. (laughs) Yeah, yep. So I guess trying to figure out how we split this up. Um, But I guess uh, I'll I'll start talking about my first hunt, and then I have some other ones that are pretty short to wrap up, and we'll talk about your till hunts in the middle. Sound like a good good game plan? Sounds good to me. If you guys can't tell, we just kind of shoot from the hip. So we knew we were talking about our hunts, but we hadn't. We're just, we'll just figure it out as we go. So <laughs> just sitting um, around, just like if we were on the phone talking about it, right? Oh, yeah. For sure. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead. So, the first hunt um, was Indiana Goose Opener um, back in the, the hometown, back in the home, home turf, and getting uh, the boat out for uh, a fun adventure. So, um, actually I'd been, I'd been scouting the spot for a while and map scouting. I'd actually never been out to it, but I knew that there were just a ton of geese in the area. And so the night before I went out there and I was going to try to get to the spot. Um, but I was just by myself and I get to the boat ramp and it's like the sketchiest thing you've ever seen in your life. Like they had like these cement tiles and there's like gaps in them big enough that like my, uh, my boat trailer tires would just fit into it without, uh, um, 
with just fall into it and I wouldn't be able to back or go forward once they fell into the gap. So um, <laughs> I decided not to go on that venture by myself um, and just wait till the next morning and go up there with uh, the whole hunting crew. So um, now where was this at? This was, what this was, what was the this, set, setting again? This was local. It was on a river, um, but there's just this, okay. yeah, terrible boat ramp. So um, we get out there the next day and, and, you know, I have eyes, eyes so I can back down the trailer a little better down the, the boat ramp and um we literally had to <laughs> uh get the boat in there and it wasn't deep enough we had to like just pull it off by hand and get it into the water so luckily we, you know i got a small rig because you really couldn't do that with a, a bigger boat um but yeah so we got up to the spot it was actually pretty cool um i'm super excited about having a duck boat this year i'm not gonna lie uh it just opens a lot of doors and honestly i don't think we ever would hunt this spot because it's hard to get to um you know, without that kind of option, even with most duck boats, I feel like you got to have the right setup to do this one. Cause it's just a bunch of shallow water and, um, and yeah. So we get up to the spot and the water's down here. I don't know if it's down there, but we're probably down like two or three feet more than normal, probably two feet. I'd say more than normal. Um, so we couldn't even get exactly where we wanted to go. Um, but we got pretty close and right on the bank, there's a bunch of muck and just goose prints all over it. So we figured that's a pretty good place to set up. Um, so we set up right there in the boat blind. We got the the beaver tail pop-up blind, um, which has got the three holes in the top, all brushed in, ready to go. And so, um, you know. Who's all with you? Uh, so Hunter went with me, and actually got my brother-in-law, Sam, uh, to go with me. And it's the first time that he, uh, he hasn't been, like I've, ever since I started hunting, I've been trying to get him to go. Cause he's hunted in the past, but you know, uh, just, just the time in his life, it wasn't like, you know, perfect setting to get out in the hunts. Um, him and, uh, him and my sister, they have five kids, so they've been, uh, busy popping out babies. So, <laughs> so finally he's got a little bit of a break in there. I think we're, uh, he's able to kind of get back to the hunting. So I was super excited that he's back out, um, hunting. So I actually came on a dove hunt earlier this year too. So, um, yeah, so kind of continue on with the hunt. So we set up in the boat, um, and first light, we, we have some wood ducks buzz buzz by, and then we had some wood ducks decoy right in, and um, we had some mallards literally just drop over the trees. I've never seen mallards drop so hard right into our set, and it's just killing me that it's not duck season because we're having yeah. all these ducks buzz in there. And um, But it wasn't too long after shooting light, and we have our first group work in, um, and they circle, and it's like they're try- the wind was um, – I don't know. It's like, I didn't know how the geese were getting in there, you know, cause there's a really tight hole. You can kind of see it from the video. Um, but they were trying to get in, they're trying to drop in. And like the first time they kind of dropped in and they couldn't quite do it. And then they did it again. And they're like circling probably like 25 yards up. Um, and they come around one more time and me and Hunter kind of like talking back and forth on like, if we're going to shoot him or not. And we ended up pulling up and shooting, um, we both shot once and popped one and dropped, dropped one each. And then, um, then that same group, I'm pretty sure it was a family group cause they kept circling after that, kept circling around, kept cir- circling around. And then four of them went and landed somewhere else, um, just down the river. And then about 10 minutes later, those four, um, got back up and flew right, right into our decoys. <laughs> so, nice. um, yeah. So needless to say, we popped off four of those as well. So, yeah, um, and that was pretty. That much sounds the like hunt. a pretty good hunt. Yeah, no, it was, it was a solid. Nothing hunt. wrong with that. Yeah, so we shot we shot six birds on the morning, six geese um, from the duck boat. You know, chief getting used to it, using the dogging door, jumping out, and um, you know, we had a little bit of struggles for him figuring out how to get back in. But uh, <laughs> especially while we're calling and trying to work birds in. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty much the hunt. We sat there for the rest, like three more hours after that, maybe even longer. Um, and we had some birds work, um, to other spots on the, on the river, but not to us. So yeah, that, that was pretty much it. Um, uh, but really it was a really, uh, fun hunt, you know, um, that's, that's the best hunt I've had so far of the season, you know, shooting three geese. Uh, and I couldn't complain about it. I really had a lot of fun on that one. Um, but we did have one, um, bad, I would say minor, but it, I don't know how minor it is yet, but, uh, all of a sudden, my uh, boat motor started just grinding like terrible. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I noticed that some of the bolts that hold um, the kit to the motor were missing, which means they fell into like the gears and the chain down there. So, <laughs> oh no, pretty much had a bolt in between the chain and the gears, just grinding away. Um, but it fell out. You know, we're able to keep driving, get back, and all that. But um, I didn't say anything about that in the video. So. Uh, stay tuned. I, my video for that is coming out Sunday. Uh, <laughs> so uh, your videos may start being like mine from a couple years ago. It's like every single hunt is boat problems. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's not fun. Not fun. No, but you know, that's boat life for you. So yeah, that was our Indiana early goose opener. Definitely a, um, pretty solid. So can, couldn't complain about it. But yeah, you think that might be a place that you hunt ducks? Oh yeah, for Coming sure, definitely. I'm excited about that as uh, just a prospect for hunting all year. Um, I think that where it's going to really shine because uh, you know it's it's on the river and there's like a little slow part off of it, you know. Um, but I feel like that fast flowing water is going to keep it open. So if we get really cold in like December, um, you know, something like that, I think that could be just yeah. a killer spot for ducks and geese. <coughs> I'm gonna have to watch that video tonight because that that sounds really interesting. Geese in your boat on the river. Yeah, no, right. that was it was a really it was a really good one. It's doing solid on YouTube too. So, what was the temperature like? Oh, not cold enough. It was like yeah. it was cold enough that I could wear like a, a pullover, um, for like the morning, and then I think I took mm-hmm. it off later on. So, <laughs> but uh, this weekend is getting down to 37 here. So. Mm gonna be chilly is that does that is that normal for this time of year for you guys or is that a little bit uh cold? That's, a little, that's a little bit colder yeah 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 the weather's been great this time of year for us just great awesome all right let's go ahead and talk about your teal hunts all right so this this weekend it was the kansas teal opener which is typically our very first two hunts of the year but since we went to nebraska it was actually hunts three and four and i've got a feeling we'll be going to nebraska every year it's just such a great place but um so on the trip was my dad aiden golden boy and josh from outdoor limits he decided last second he was going to come with us and so we know this area i mean like the back of our hand, but there's been some renovations and some changes made, which has dispersed the water in different ways that we didn't really know. And we weren't fully able to scout the area. So we weren't sure. Normally I get out there and I've got a whole day off and I'll sleep out there Thursday and I'll spend the whole day Friday scouting. And so we'll know exactly where we're going to go, where we're going to set up and all that. But this year I just couldn't get, I couldn't get the day off. I could only get a half day off. So Josh went up there early and he didn't know the area at all. And I spent some time on, um, over zoom, showing him some spots to, to focus on. And, and last week when we were recording, I got uh, a call from someone saying there was like more ducks there than I had ever known being there. Well, the morning that we were driving, I got another contact from him saying, man, a bunch of these ducks left. So all of a sudden I started getting worried about it, but I mean, there was twice as much there as what I would have been happy with. But you know, when you hear that a lot of ducks left makes you scared. So I I was even more important now to do scouting than before. So Josh spent the whole day there scouting and, and he was, you know, trying to stay optimistic, but not feeling great about it. But, um, you know, him not knowing the area, he was road scouting and, and I knew I was like, man, there's a couple areas we got to get boots on the ground and get into, because I mean, if, if you haven't hunted teal much once, if they're not flying, they can get in there and hide on you and there can be hundreds, if not thousands in a pool. And you don't even know because they just, they're just hard to find. I've had twice, two examples this year scouting where I'm walking into a marsh and I get 50 yards from a bunch of birds and I have no idea that they're there. And all of a sudden they're blowing up out of there. And I'm like, Oh, how did I not see all these birds? I mean, it's not that thick a cover so they can really hide. So, um, we, my dad and I and Aiden all arrived there about the same time at the campsite. And so the four of us went around, did a bunch of scouting, which was really fun. Just hanging out with my dad. And I, I loved that part of the video, you know, or making fun of Aiden and teasing Josh. And, and, uh, I loved that it was a really fun time, but we got, we, we went and did some scouting and we, with a lot of glassing, we saw some birds in this area. Like, well, we don't really know this area because of the water changes. So let's walk in there. So we walked in there. Um, and as soon as they started flushing 
It's like, okay, there was a, I don't know how many is in there. There was a lot, a lot of birds in there. So we pretty much knew, okay, this is where, this is where we want to be. We just have to make sure that we get it. Um, and it was a pretty big area that could hold a lot of hunters. We felt really good about it going to sleep. So we went back to the campsite and there's way more trucks in this, in this campground than I've ever seen before. And certainly hope it's not because my videos year after year, I hope it's <laughs> not, but, um, I was thinking about that today. Um, but I don't think so. Cause the, actually the number of hunters there this weekend was lower than normal. Normally it'll hold from 150 on an opener to 225. And I th- um, the number I heard was about 120, which is, you know, pretty down. So I was happy with it. And so we got up there, got to the, um, woke up the next morning, got to the lot. And there was one other truck of guys there, um, just two guys. And they had just gotten there before us. Really, really nice guys. So we're talking, you know, you guys, they're going to go over to the left and we're going to go over here. And for the opener, I mean, we weren't pressured at all. We could not visually see anybody um, during this whole hunt. We could, we knew where a couple groups were and we could hear them shooting, but we couldn't hear them talking. And, and so, you know, for an opener, if you can't visually see anyone, that's really, really good. I was mm-hmm. real happy with that. So as we went in there, um, and this is an idea that we might try with the flyways collective. If you know, if we were to go in with like four guys on a hunting group and then you split off into two and two, then the video content's just fresher. So we decided to do this because Josh was making a video, his first duck hunt of the year. And then I was making a video and he just wanted to do a solo. So we went in there and he set probably only 75 yards from us and he faced off a little bit of different direction. And then we faced a different direction. So we could almost talk to him, but it was two. So the videos, I don't know if you saw his video, they were, it was totally different feel and everything to ours. It was it was pretty cool. Um, it, it was supposed to be sunny that morning and it actually wasn't. And there was some fog. So at first light, it was really difficult to see. Um, so we were having problems seeing birds and there wasn't actually quite as much movement as I expected there to be. Cause I, I mean, there was still a lot of movement. I expected there to be, you know, just insane activity. Um, and so we were pretty much shooting one at a time. My dad was sitting with the camera and, um, so Aiden and I were kind of rotating and Georgie was in between us. And I mean, we were getting birds right down in the pocket and I mean, all the shots were nice, close and easy. And so I think it's probably about an hour and 15 minutes to an hour, 20 minutes. Um, the three of us had limited out and Josh had limited out. Um, it was just a fantastic, it was a fantastic morning. Georgie was until the very last, I think it was the last retrieve of the day where she broke and wasn't steady. Other than that, I mean, she was just on it. She was just lightning fast and marking everything perfectly. I didn't, she didn't nothing. There was no situations where I had to do any hand signals or anything. And, um, I know I really need to work on, on that where she is with it, but she was fantastic. The only downside to the day is, is I had a group come through and it was a, it was a big group. Well, not a huge group, 10 to probably 10 birds, maybe 12. And uh, I wish I hadn't shot on it because I, if I'd have waited, maybe they'd have circled back around. Anyway, I took a pass shot and this bird dropped, dropped a leg and it flew about 125, 150 yards. And I never actually saw him go down, but you know, when they're going over the trees and you can just tell they're going down. Yeah. So, um, took a shot at that and, and I'm like, ah, man, I got to count that as a wound as a lost bird. So I did lose that one. So that was my I only lost two birds all last year. And so I've already lost one now, but, um, so we did all shoot our limits. I, I think that we shot one or two green wings out of the 24 birds were shot between the four of us. And I think all blues and one green wing. Um, uh, but it, it was a, it was a spectacular opener. It was a, it was really, really fun. Yeah. And so, um, from that point we had the rest of the day and it, it got that. It was, I think about 60 degrees that morning. It was cool enough that we were wearing we could wear yeah go ahead so one thing i want to say i just want to you know i'm sure you're gonna enjoy this but uh, (laughs) i just want to say how impressive georgie is in your videos i mean she is just a little rocket i mean for being three hunts in i mean that's just insane like she's doing better than seasoned veteran dogs even like to the technical skills and we haven't seen like like real hand signals and whistle sitting all that much yet. Uh, but just from everything else that you really want from a duck dog, she sits there, she doesn't break. She's a freaking bullet, finds the ducks, comes back, brings them to place and gives them to hand. So it's like, um, 
you know, kudos to you and, uh, you know, Flatlander Kennels on that, you know, producing those dogs and then you training that dog uh, yourself. And, and, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, she's a, a, a little stud, female stud. Well, I, pre- I appreciate you saying that. I do. It's, it's really, really rewarding. You know, with my other dogs, I just never put in that much effort. Um, I put in some effort with Izzy, but you know, my goals were, I went towards my goals, which is just be steady, bring everything back to me. And, and she did drop them short more often than I would like her to, but I just never really put in the effort and, you know, having this podcast and talking about it so much and having access to guys like Chris Jamin and Freddie King. And, and, you know, it's just, it was hard. It was impossible not, not to be more into it. Cause you know, I've got all this support from people. And once I got into it, it's really fun. And I've got this dog, I, from, from what I know, I truly believe that Chris Jobman is putting out some of the, if not the best dogs in the entire country. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you look at, he took more dogs to the, the, I don't know. I can't remember the actual name of master grand master championship, whatever. He took more dogs to both, um, organizations, top level, uh, trials than any other kennel in America. I mean, the dogs that he is putting out are just insane. And yeah. I mean, when you see her, you can just, you, you can just see it. I mean, by from hunt two, the morning of hunt two, she was a different dog. Like she took her one, one hunt, like almost half of one hunt to be like, what's going on. I haven't seen anything like that, like this. What am I, you know? And then morning of hunt two, man, she was just boom. All right. She knows she's got it. She knows the deal. She knows the routine. And yep. that, a lot of that is straight bloodline, you know, a lot yeah, of that. I think that's, that's, this is like one of the best arguments for, for there's some people who say, ah, I don't think bloodlines matter that much. It's just like when you see a dog with true, um, you know, superior top of the line bloodlines, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's just, this is like a perfect argument. Like, Hey, point to this dog right here. Watch this. It's, it's all documented, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, for people who will say, will say that they don't think bloodlines matter that much. It's like, you know, bloodlines matter a lot. <laughs> yeah, they do. Absolutely do. I, I couldn't agree more. And it is so, you know, that time that we had Chris on, he's like, you know, when he was going to trials for the first time of his life and, and just watching him and he had a dog and he's like, man, I want one of those dogs, you know? And he's like, Elliot, you got one of those dogs. And I didn't really, I loved when he said that and I've repeated a bunch cause it made me feel so good. But now he, now she's getting into the hunting. It's like, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this, I've, I've had other dogs around and my dad's dogs have been great and, and their candy's a good dog and everything and, and they're good bloodlines and, and, and all of that. Um, but good grief. I mean, just to see the focus, she's focused, she's crazy driven, but she's got that on off switch that, that they're really talk about. And they're trying to breed into dogs now where she's not a, she's not an insane dog. She's easy to hunt with. And part of that is training, but part of that is like some of these, like high powered, crazy dogs just don't have an off switch and she's yeah. got it. She wants to please me. She's got an off switch. I mean, and I, my head is growing big about how fast she is. I, I like, <laughs> I love it. How fast she looks at those videos, man. Well, uh, <laughs> I do. And like nothing against Izzy, obviously. And she's not going to hear this and her feelings aren't going to be hurt, but like, <laughs> it's just like a, it's like a night and day difference between your older dog. Yeah. That just, slowly kind of meanders back to you and this dog who almost runs as fast back as she does there (laughs) yeah yeah and what an advantage on winged birds i mean we had a bird um on hunt four which you haven't watched yet and it was supposed to be candy's turn but as soon as i saw it kind of clipped and going down when we see those situations where we think a bird's wounded we don't take turns we just release the dogs and I wasn't waiting. I was like, Georgie, and she just flew out there and she scooped that thing up so quick. I mean, if that had been Izzy on it and that bird was wounded, it'd have been like, she'd still be waddling out there to try to try to get it, you know? And, and that makes a huge difference for, for lost birds. I mean, it yep. makes a huge difference. And that's one of my big arguments about not shooting 55 yard shots, 60 yard shots, because if you get a crippled bird that sails a little bit from 60, what's your chance at losing it versus 15 to 20, you know, I mean, as fast as Georgian, she can be on a, she can be on a wounded bird before it even knows what's going on. So yeah, it's, it's been really, really fun to hunt with this little, little dog. Um, I will say on hunt four, she was not steady about three different times. So I'm going to have to really focus 
back on it. She's understanding it now so much that, that she's like, all right, I don't know if I can wait on this. And she's whining a little bit that I need to break that as well. So I need to refocus myself. I kind of, she was so steady those first two hunts. The second weekend, I wasn't, I kind of took it for granted her steadiness a little bit. And so I wasn't quite as attentive. I was just expecting her to be steady. And so I need to refocus a little bit this weekend and, and have my e-collar ready and, and make sure that she's lock solid steady too. And I don't think it'll be a problem in the long run, but anyway, awesome. she did regress a little bit on that. So, so uh, yeah, I guess I, I haven't seen your, your week two video on that. So how'd you guys, you guys decide how to split up and all that? So all um, I the know, second day? Yeah, all I know from the second day is your thumbnail. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's go yeah. ahead. Well, we, you know, we could have easily gone back to the same place. I mean, there were still birds flying. And, and but, you know, on my Nebraska trip, we hunted the exact same place twice. And I was like, I really would like to hunt something a little bit different if we could. And so we went back to camp and the temperature had kind of gotten up to about, 80 degrees, 75, 80 degrees. And when you have no shade and no wind, that feels hot on a duck hunting trip. And so we're like, man, we're hot. And my uncle lives actually, you know where my uncle lives. He lives right up against the marsh and, and, and you can look at it from his place. I'm like, why don't we go over to my uncle's and find some trees and just lay around for a few hours, take a nap, you know, work on editing some of the videos. And, and so that's what we did. And I actually used the HDR layout lounge for this is we just went under these trees and you could see the whole wide open marsh laying there. I don't know if you saw that one picture. I think I sent it to the flyaways where I'm like, I've got my computer there. I've got the marsh in the background. I've got a beer sitting there. And, and I was just laying in the HDR on the lay, layout lounge and, and actually a breeze picked up. It was the perfect afternoon. It was so beautiful. And it's just, it was just wonderful. And so but we, I knew we had to do a lot of scouting because there's multiple places I wanted to look. I wanted to find some fresh birds and something different. And so the first place, well, you know, from my, from my uncle's, um, lodge, if you walk straight down into the marsh, right. Yep. Um, right there. Now that they've raised the water, the marsh comes right up to his property line where it had never come that far before. And we always knew that this corner would be really good on high water. And well, now that that whole corner down by his place is just like beautiful little potholes. And so Aiden and I went down there. My uncle let us drive our truck right to the border. We walked in, Aiden walked one way and I walked the other and I got out. It was like cattails and smart weed. And, and the more I started walking into it, I wasn't flushing anything, but finally I flushed a couple, flushed a couple more. And I looked off in the distance and I, I keep seeing birds flying over there. And so I keep walking and walking and walking. By this time I had walked quite a ways away, but you know I mean? When you see birds continue to move off in the distance and you're scouting, you just gotta, you gotta keep going. Right. And so I got over there and turned a corner and I saw, I flushed like 50 and I saw a huge group go down even farther and where they went down, you can view from the certain area and there were some guys scouting. And so I'm like, I know there's a load of birds in this spot. I, I, I just guarantee you there is a load of birds and I didn't have my phone with me and I knew Aiden and my dad weren't going to know where I know where I was. Cause I had traveled so much farther than what we had intended on doing. So I'm just sitting there hiding behind a tree waiting for these guys to leave the scouting point. And they were, they were a long ways away, but I could see them. And if they had looked exactly the right area and I had flushed the birds, then they might've been able to see the birds. So I just waited and waited and they just wouldn't leave. They wouldn't leave. And I was getting so annoyed. Well, finally they left. Cause I'm like, I know there's a ton of birds down in there. And I went down in there and sure enough, I thought it's one of the situations I was talking about where I was like, man, they're not flushing. Where are they? I thought there's birds in here. And next thing I know, there's like hundreds flushing over here, over there, over here. And I'm, it was so satisfying. Cause I'm on like the scout trip and, and during the whole time I'm still like, man, I just want to find a bunch of birds in here. I just want to find a bunch of birds in here. And then I found them. And so I'm so excited. I'm, walk back, bring Aiden and my dad in and we look at it and everything. And so our scouting was over like before we even started scouting. And that place is so hard to get to. I mean, cause we've got that private access to get in there to it. And it's like, so now in the morning we were able to just drive our trucks right up to the boundary line and just dump in our kayaks right there off my uncle's and go like a half a mile where anyone else would have had to have gone like a couple miles to get to this spot. And so um, we made the decision that, we had two spots that I knew was, were going to be pretty good that we had the X and then 
we had another spot um, that wasn't near as many birds, but this other spot overlooked the entire pool and it was a really beautiful spot. And I just, I love overlooking big bodies of water. So I'm like, I want to hunt that spot really, really bad. And, you know, we kind of had the better X spot than Josh did on the first day. So I'm like, Josh Naden went back to the X, which was a great spot, but maybe not as aesthetically pleasing as the spot my dad and I were on. And he and I hunted this little tiny ankle pool um, that that was just off of the main pool. Um, So uh, it it was a lot slower than I expected it to be. Um, It really was. I thought it was going to be a quick limit from what we'd seen the day before. And I don't know whether that was just an evening spot where they were down in there. Um, I mean, we still basically shot our limit, but I I thought it was just going to be quick, easy shooting. And essentially it was just popping singles and, and doubles. And by 10, 15, uh, I think Josh and Aiden limited right about 10 o'clock for a teal hunt. That's a long time. Now they shot really poorly from the, from Josh's video and they faced right. They were facing right into the sun. So I think they would have limited a lot earlier if they'd shot a little better. And if they were facing a different direction, but my dad and I, I mean, we could have shot our limit, um, but I mean, he's, and, and also he's got the camera. And so he's only filming until I shoot my limit. And then I'm filming when he shoots his limit. So if it had been you and I in there both blazing, we would have had our limit um, a lot. No problem. We would have had our limit, but doing it that way, my dad and I ended up with nine, Josh and Aiden ended up with 12 and it was just little singles and pairs coming right into the pocket. And I'd set up the decoys in a way. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, man, I, I here's the pocket. I want him to sit right in the pocket. And I swear to you, almost every bird came and was like right perfect exactly where I wanted them set up. So got pretty good GoPro film footage and everything and and uh, didn't focus as much on the video as on the dog. Um, I was feeling kind of uh, kind of lazy and a little tired, so I didn't focus as much on – I was focusing a little bit more on my own mental experience than I was the filming aspect of it. But it was mm-hmm. a, it was a great hunt. So the four of us over the two days were three birds off our. I guess we would have had a total of eight limits over the two days. We were three birds off, off the total limit. I shot two my first two green wings of the day or of the year, which was nice. But it was just a relaxing one. I got to hunt just my dad and I, which was really cool. And I think that that kind of translates in the video, that it's just my dad and I and talking about how. I mean, for my life, my hunting group has been my dad and myself. I mean, that's been my hunting group with every now and then my uncle and cousins would be involved. But for the most part, my 90 until I started FDH, really, my hunting life was just my dad and I. And so it was really nice just to have just to be hunting the two of us and everything and beautiful morning and coyotes howling. It was it was a it was a great little it was a more laid back hunt than the other ones this year, where it's just a little slower little more slow paced and for a Sunday morning it was it was just perfect awesome you definitely uh you know that's definitely a lot of what it's all all about you know getting out there with your dad and all that so I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure that was an awesome little till hunt to have that and you know yeah. it sounds like a, a killer total weekend so I uh, can't wait to yeah. check out that that second video for sure so I'll probably yeah at 77 doing he's tonight. doing he is doing really really well he's 77 years old and you know he's had some heart problems and stuff, and you know he's doing really, really well. Yeah. Um, for seventy-seven, I'll tell you, I if, doubt that I will be <laughs> doing what he's doing when I'm seventy-seven. I, I'd be surprised because uh, you know he's he's hanging right in there. He's saying, I know it makes him feel kind of. He mentioned to me how it's kind of tough to be the old guy in that situation because there's times in which you know, I mean, his balance isn't what it used to be, and there's times in which I get out. We I'll get out of the kayak and pull him behind me and. You know, that's that's hard. I know that's hard for him to see. I mean, he muttered a comment, something about, man, what it'd be like to be 24 like Josh again, you know? And it's just like these moments, these days are precious. They really, really are. And it means a lot that that he's able to to get out there with me. And I don't know if you've noticed, I've been trying to focus on him more this season in the videos um, and just capture him because he's just a wonderful man. He's funny. And so I've really been making a concerted effort to get more of just the back and forth between the two of us. And, and it, it's a, it's a blessing to have this many years with your dad at your side or probably more like me at his side. Cause he's in the mentor, but <laughs> a wonderful yeah. experience. Awesome. Definitely agree with you on that. That's pretty cool. 
All right. Well, does that wrap up your your till hunts then? That wraps them up. We went back and put camp to get back together. And one thing I'll say about Josh that I was really impressed about um, is that he's kind of like Aiden in that, man, if something needs to be done to help you out, he jumps to it. And I had never seen that part of his personality. Um, like, well, we're packing up camp and everything, and he's got all his stuff packed up. He could have just left. If You know, I wouldn't have thought anything. He was like, okay, guys, I got my stuff. I wouldn't have thought about it. But he's jumping over, rolling up rolling up our tent and everything. And I had not seen that aspect about him. Not not many people are that eager to help you out. I know Aiden is. I know that I can do better about that. Um, and I've been around you. I know you can do way better now. <laughs> but, but I was impressed by Josh in that aspect. Um, I hadn't seen that at that part of his character and it was pretty impressive. Awesome. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and jump to, um, the rest of my hunts. So, um, like I said, I don't have any killer till hunts to tell you about, but, um, hopefully you can, you know, uh, follow along with the woes with me. Um, but so my next time I went out, um, actually went scouting, uh, the next day I went scouting on that, that Sunday morning. Um, and I just scouted everywhere because I think we talked about it on our last podcast. Just, I haven't had time to, to keep up with the scouting, unfortunately. And, um, you know, even with our season coming in. So I went and hit up a bunch of places that I know there's birds in the past, you know, and I mean, I scouted probably for four or five hours that morning just driving all around and I got a few options or, or I thought I had anyway. Um, and so I ended up hunting that evening and, um, went to a spot. There's just, there's just a ton of geese on the spot. And I really don't like to hunt it. Um, because it's like, it's more, it's not out there like in the wild. Like we have a lot, a lot of that in Indiana where people hunt on like ponds that have houses around it. And then there's a section that's like a little bit marshy, but you can still like, you know, you're still not out in the wild. If that, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. just cause there's so many people in Indiana compared to going out in the central flyway where you're just out in the boonies everywhere. Um, so it was a setting like that and there's just a bunch of geese on it. And so I'm like, shoot, I'm going to go for it. Um, and so I go out there that evening and I did a layout hunt, which I don't do layout hunting like ever, barely ever, but I had the, the 119 all set up for it. the, HTR layout uh, lounge in there and uh, the redhead blind attachment on the kayak. So I go out there by myself, no chief because I can't with that smaller kayak. Um, but I go out there for, for um, that hunt. Like I said, bunch of geese there in the morning. I probably saw like 250. So I set up in a spot that had really good cover, but I was probably a hundred yards away from where they're landing. And I don't know why, I ever do that because it just doesn't work. The birds want to be where they want to be. And mm-hmm. so um, I actually, I laid out there, like I said, I'm a hundred to 75 yards away from where the birds are. And I had no idea that there's actually teal out there. And for that whole evening, I didn't have any teal decoys. I didn't have a spinner. And I probably saw like in that spot where the geese all, all were, I probably saw 20 to 25 till just landed. They came in pairs, groups of four or five, um, and just land. It was like torture right in front of me, like seventy five hundred yards. And so I had a couple times where I probably could have took a passing shot. Um, but in the layout boat, I just wasn't quick enough. You know, I'd see them and they'd be you know past me before I could get on them. So, um, and then I had only had two geese come in before shooting light. And early season, it's kind of like that. A lot of times, um, evening hunts in early season are really super hit or miss. Um, but I had two come in, two geese come in and they both landed 7,500 yards away, right where they were that morning. So it was a, a good lesson learned that you can't, I thought I, I thought I could pull them. I really did. I really thought I'm like, I'm going to put the decoys here. There's no birds here and I can pull them 75 yards. Yeah. But it's not that far to ask. Yeah, no. And, and they just didn't, you know, I'd call, I call and they, um, one of them I, I called super hard and instead of landing, he just. He, he kind of repicked up and kept going. He's like, ah, something right there. So <laughs> the other one. Just so how come you me. couldn't get out? How come you couldn't get out that 75 yards? How come you couldn't be there? Well, it, it was just uh, like more open water with cattails. Um, and, or not cattails, uh, lily pads. 
So, mm. you know, I, I probably could. Are the lily pads on the water or are they up exposed out of the water? They're, they're up out of the water. So I still would have uh-huh. been above them, but I think I thought about doing it um, again later in the week at the same spot and then just setting up on it. Um, but it just didn't happen. So, and I really, like I said, I really, if it had been somewhere where I liked hunting, um, I would have, I would have gone back, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I just had the lack of motivation. I'm like, I really don't even want to hunt here, um, because the houses and, you know, people and early season too, people fish these lakes. So, um, you know, I had a couple fishermen come by and it's just like, I don't know, man. Uh, it, it just wasn't my cup of tea. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You probably don't have to experience anything like that in Kansas, do you? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. And yeah, I know it's, I don't know what other states, I'd be really curious to know what other states have kind of similar issues. I've, I know I've seen, you know, memes on that hardcore waterfowler with, with bass fishermen and, and, uh, you know, early season goose hunters on ponds, but, or lakes. So yeah, that was, you know, pr- all of that kind of going into it. I didn't go back. But I really think if I would have gone back that I probably could have pulled them in. I could have sat the layout boat in the lily pads and shot teal and, and you know, maybe a couple of geese. So if I had been setting up there that night, I, I would have easily shot my limit of teal and two geese. But instead, I just oh, man. sat there and watched. <laughs> so. Yeah, <laughs> rough. Just off it. Yeah. So I'm sure I've told you this, but, you know, you can eat those seeds of those lotus, those uh, lily pad plants. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that from one of your early early uh fdh videos they're delicious too in stir fry they really are they're good nice yeah well maybe one of these times i'll uh i'll be out there with you and you can cook some up <laughs> yeah i haven't um, had them for a while so yeah that that wraps up that hunt um and then the only other hunt i went on to add to it uh is i went on a a hunt and a cut cornfield and this one was looking like it's going to be a real solid one um i had some local guys invite me on it they'd been scouting it and geese were using it morning and evening um every night for like the last three days and so kind of everything was set up to do it and we go out there um to get on the hunt and it was a a pretty cool setting because the farmer had cut like half the field and the other half was standing corn still so we could hide in the standing corn with a <clears throat> with a, a panel blind in front of us um and you just needed one side you know to to block the the side that the birds were going to be on and then have corn all around you so um you know like i said everything's kind of set up for this to be a, a pretty solid hunt you know the birds are using it we're going to be in the right s- spot right time well the morning before we hunted it and i don't know how much you know about silage fields but most of the time silage fields are owned by dairy farmers and they just use it. They grow the corn and they cut it in September and they just grind it all up and feed it to the cows. So Mm -hmm. it's not even, you know, for the corn, you know, it's just to feed it all to the cows. It's not seed corn or anything like that. So, um, but this, the second thing they do on all these fields to keep them going is they spread them with manure. (laughs) So yeah, they just spray manure like September in Indiana or probably anywhere that does a lot of dairy farms. Um, there's a, a strong set of manure out in the country everywhere. So the morning before the hunt, the farmer <laughs> manured the field. So, <laughs> but oh, you're oh, you're having some bad luck this season. <laughs> so the the I mean that's the worst part about it is not even like the smell or there being poop in the field, um, but that like the birds were using it and, you know, he busts them off there. And so that just screws everything up. Right. So then we get there in the evening. We're like, Oh no. Like really? He couldn't just wait one more day. Like we just got, Oh my gosh. So yeah, we got screwed on that one. I mean, that's just what they do. So there's nothing you can do about it. Um, he was just really quick on the draw and yeah. So we had, uh, a group of three come in and, uh, one bird got shot um, they landed out in the field and they walked over the, one guy walked over the, the, the hill over there and was able to shoot one. Um, and then we had a, another flock come in of like 12 and they came right over top and we dumped a few more out of that one. And, but 
we we're still at that point we didn't know if we we're gonna have a solid hunt you know because uh at the you know before that there's like hundreds of birds in the field now that time only 15 showed up after you know that morning kind of ordeal with the farmer and the manure so you know um so i just filmed those two like those two uh groups the the three and the the 12 and then i put the camera away and no more birds flew so <laughs> hmm. so on 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 my five hunts only one of them's been like a true skunk and that was the one i went on and probably saw the most birds and just didn't uh get to pull the trigger because they're 75 five yards away and i wasn't set up for it but the other hunts have all had birds shot and i've only pulled the trigger on one of them <laughs> so well at least you're seeing birds yeah some yeah. action right yeah and that's probably why i said you know at the beginning like it doesn't feel like my worst season because we're having hunts that are having some success. It's not like, you know, mm-hmm. limits and, you know, just everybody going crazy and all that. But like I said, still having a lot of fun, still out there filming waterfowl content. So um, it's not a way still hanging out with buds and making new friends and um, getting to work chief on some birds. So overall, I'm still having a ton of fun with the early season, but it's just, uh, I'm just a little off, man. I just, you know, it's just been a little off, so nothing. You so, can what's do up about next it. for you? What, what's coming up? So, next we got um, some more early season goose. Until actually, I'm, I'm going to hunt with the, the Kevin's in Michigan, and uh, um, Kevin's got his son, and Michigan's youth season is this Saturday. So, we're, we're looking mm-hmm. for a mixed bag. We're going to be able to shoot geese. The kids going to be able to shoot ducks and geese so that that could be kind of cool um and then i'm going to be doing some salmon fishing too so uh that's what i got coming up how about you so you camping camping again uh i think that's the plan Mm -hmm. that'd be fun yeah we're staying um local around here and um, i've got this spot picked out that i'm really optimistic about but since i was out there the water went down about 12 to 18 inches so I'm, I'm, it's going to be, we're taking the big boat and it's going to be, and I hate this searching around in the dark for a place to set up. I hate doing that. And I'm worried because, um, it was already mud flats to begin with. And now we lost 18 inches. So it may just be an A-frame on mud flats. And I, and I'm trying to like, how's my dad going to do in that? And so there's a lot of variables and I'm taking the, actually I'm taking the assistant, the associate pastor from my church. I've never even like he actually just moved up here within the last year from Texas. And one of his friends was like, Hey, watch this video. Um, you know, there's some guys that hunt in, in Kansas. Maybe you'll see this guy. And it was one of my videos. And uh-huh. then, I mean, I happened to stroll into his church that he's associate pastor on and he's a pretty young guy. And so he came up to me after church and he's like, yeah. And he knew who I was and everything. And he's a really uh-huh. nice guy. So I'm like, all right, yeah, well let's go out. So, but, I wish I had the details of this hunt pinned down a little bit better for taking someone out like that. There's just so many variables and I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about it. I won't, I won't lie. I'm a I'm a little, I'm almost nervous enough to go to a different spot. Now I know for a fact that I had a friend scout that, that I think there's probably lots and lots and lots and lots of teal out there running these mm. banks. So that's the only thing that's keeping me going to it. Cause it doesn't get hunted much. And my buddy that went out and scouted it two weeks ago sent me pictures of just hundreds of teal all over the place. So nice. that's the only reason I'm still going. I'm I'm really nervous about how it's going to play out and what kind of muddy situation I get my dad and uh, <laughs> this guy named Keith into. But I think the birds will be there. I, I'll have the HDR A frame. So we'll just we'll see we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well. Like we said last week, we're in the full swing, even more so. Um, and the next week after that, I'm off to big duck season. So my first trip for the chasing the opener. So it's uh it's getting hot and heavy. It's getting uh some awesome action. So you know, um, I don't mean to be all woe is me all podcast. I'm not. I'm not even feeling that way. I, I mean, just maybe just a tiny bit, and it's probably because Elliot's just crushing them. So um, <laughs> yeah. I don't, we but, probably no. don't want to do a comp- comp- comparison of our freelance hunt stats today. No. Yeah, we do. I got mine pulled up. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll go ahead and say what mine are. Um, actually you, you go ahead first. Okay. Let me resort it. Uh, guys, this is freelance hunt stats. 
uh, website that Jordan and I are working on together where you can log all of your, it's like a journal, a journal on steroids really, or it does all sorts of cool stuff. So I have been on four hunts, harvested 23, lost one shot, 32 shots, 75%, um, averaging five shells a hunt. So my shooting's been outstanding. My my shooting's been really, really good. I'm awesome with that start. Uh, 21 blue wing and two green wing. Nice. Definitely solid. So um, I've been on five hunts. I've harvested three. Lost zero. So I got you on that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, six shots fired. 50% shooting range. Or 50, 50% shooting percentage. Harvest per hunt is 0.6. So you only can go up from there. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably a good time to mention, if you guys want some extra content from Jordan and myself, we've got some stuff going on over at patreon.com, where if you go over to Patreon, you can sign up for that, and that comes with a bonus gift of the Freelance Hunt Stat site, so you can get two for one. And Patreon right now is really got a lot going on where there's conversations after the videos we post there we posted a bonus podcast so patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting um if you want to come join us over there and you can have a lot closer access to jordan i've got i don't know about you well we're kind of joint over there so messages go to both of us but i jump on them and always respond um we got a lot of people just asking personal questions and and so that is the tightest of knit group that you can get into with jordan and i Awesome. Definitely uh, agree with you on all that. Um, and, and I don't, I don't think you mentioned on that as well, but on the freelance hunt stats site, then you can do it as well. So it's either, uh, join that, um, for the membership or you can get it over on Patreon for, uh, the kind of two for one, um, with that deal. So awesome. Well, I think that's pretty much a wrap for our hunt update this week. Um, it's going to be another good one. We got some exciting guests, coming you know in the future here we got a bunch of guests lined up i know it's been just me and elliot here for the last uh i don't know it's been a couple months um since we've had a guest on so uh oh no it hasn't we've had we've had one in the past so um but we got we got some more awesome guests lined up here in the near future but i think that's all we got for this week elliot you got any last words nope not got nothing all righty folks thanks again for tuning in for another episode i'm jordan from duck and chronicles Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you on the next one.